something that a lot of people are buzzing about, reducing carbon emissions. It's good for everyone. But how do we reduce emissions while also meeting our world's increasing energy needs? Using propane is an excellent way to reduce emissions while meeting energy needs today. Propane is a clean, non-toxic energy source that helps reduce carbon emissions right now. In fact, propane's carbon intensity score in Minnesota is only 80. Grid electricity in Minnesota, including wind and solar, has a much higher carbon intensity score of 136. Who knew that using propane was that much cleaner than electricity? Plus, the abundance of propane and growth of renewable propane means it can be used for generations to come. Millions of Americans rely on propane to heat their homes and businesses, fuel vehicles on-road and off, and much more making propane the right energy right now. Find out more about what propane can do for you and the environment by going to propane.com. Welcome back to Preps Today with John Millay. John Millay of the MSHSL. You can find John's journal, his fine written work, at MSHL, MSHSL.org. I almost get through it, John. Almost time. Every time I almost get through it. MSHSL.org. Meshizzle. You can find his written work there. You can find his spoken word here at talknorth.com. We do recommend subscribing at favorite podcast app to this show or any shows at talknorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brian Burdett. Thanks to our sponsors, Pizza Barn in Princeton and Propane. We highly recommend using Propane. Let's get to your top 10 stories right away today, John. Yeah, Jim, we we're going to wrap up the countdown of my top 10 stories from the previous school year. We stopped at number three last week, so let's go to number two on my list. These are all posted on John's Journal at mshizzle.org. The number two story, my personal number, my second favorite story from last year is about Lakaya Manska, who graduated from Morris Area High School this spring. Uh, she wrote a real honest and open essay in response to a racist social media message sent from another student at her school to a member of the Minneapolis North boys basketball team during the state tournament. Uh, I, I talked to Lakaya on the phone and, and she told me, quote, I needed to vent and I was so upset and confused and sad, unquote. Her essay was originally, and this is in the story, um, that's on mshsl.org. She initially wrote it just for herself because that's what she does. She's, she, you know, has a journal, I assume, and she writes a lot. And uh, this thing ended up being in the, printed in the local paper out there in Morris and spread online really quickly. And it was really well done. I, I, I met her then at the state speech tournament, really impressive young lady. And uh, so that's the number two story. And my number one story from the year might have been the first one I wrote last fall. It was in August before practice for fall sports had even started. It's about Megan Johnson, the girls soccer coach and a third grade teacher at St. Michael Albertville, who donated a kidney to the mother of three girls who have played soccer for her. How it happened is really pretty remarkable, as was Megan's absolute lack of hesitancy in, in going through this process. For for another mother of three, that uh, they both have three kids, Megan and uh, Cleophae, that's the mom who needed the kidney. They didn't really know each other. And it's really remarkable how the how – the, uh, 
everything fell into place. And uh, I knew that story was special way last August when I did the reporting on it and wrote it. But so that's the number one story of the year on John's journal. As I said, you can go to mshsl.org, scroll down to John's journal. All the stories are there. And then, Jim, I'm going to hit just a few short news items here before we pick up with uh, with our guest. Um, Hopkins graduate Joe Fonbella, we remember him from high school. Yeah. He, he broke state I records. I covered him in, in the Olympics. Yeah, and now he's at the uh, World Championships in Eugene. He's the Minnesota high school record holder in the 100 meters and the 200 meters. He has advanced to the semifinals of the 200 at the World Track and Field Championships. We're talking on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, the, the semifinals are a few hours from now, so by the time you hear this, we may know how he did. If he advances through, the finals are Thursday. Uh, Joe competes for Liberia. That's his mother's home country. He's a he's he's an athlete at the University of Florida, and this is pretty cool. He's the reigning NCAA champion in the 100 and the 200. So we'll see how he does out there in Eugene. Another track note: we talked several times this spring about Jared White from Pine Island, who graduated this spring. Set an all-time state record in the boys' pole vault. Uh, and then their section meeting went 16 feet, 2 inches, which is which is remarkable. That's a great height for a high school pole vaulter. He was at a meet in Michigan over the weekend. He went 16-9. And that's a 7-inch improvement. That's that's unbelievable. And uh, so he he's right up there with the best in the country. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be pole vaulting at North Dakota State. That's Jared White from Pine Island. Um, we've got uh, someone who could use our help. Nick Lanners is an assistant football coach at Royalton High School. He was in a, a really serious car accident. Uh, faces a long road to recovery. There's a GoFundMe set up for Nick and his family. Uh, there's a Caring Bridge page. I tweeted out a link to some of that on my Twitter account at MSHSL John. Uh, people all over the state are, are helping out Nick here. So we wish all the best to, to Nick and his family. And a quick note about baseball and softball. Until until the, now, high school baseball and softball players were not allowed to wear jewelry. Well, starting next spring, they'll be able to. I hope we don't see the giant gold chains that, that we see major leaguers wear. <laughs> we see that a lot, Jim. But I think this is mainly a way to give the umpires other things to think about. You know, if you're policing – jewelry and and necklaces and earrings that's not what umpires are for so i think it's a i think it's a good move i know coaches are happy because it's just one less thing they have to worry about yes and by the way joe famala i met him in uh, tokyo great kid uh, great young man uh really impressive sprinter closes fast big strong guy very ambitious uh keep your eye on him the man He's is uh, on his way to big things yeah, let me one more Joe Fonbola note. He was a high school cross country runner. Yeah. <laughs> now he's one of the best sprinters in the world. Amazing. Yeah, it's great <laughs> stuff. All right, John, I'm going to let you introduce your guest today. Yeah, we have a very special guest, Todd Bauman, the pride of Russell Tyler Ruthton High School. Uh, I've known Todd a long time, um, had a great NFL career, and I was down in Tyler a couple of Saturdays ago. Todd had a football clinic on the fantastic new turf field at Russell Tyler Ruthton. It's a year old. It sits right next to a brand new K-12 through school, and we're going to talk about uh, football and things like that with Todd. Coach Bauman, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on today. 
Oh, you bet. In fact, I just posted a couple hours ago uh, the story from my trip to Russell, Tyler, Ruth, and I don't even know. You're not aware of that, Todd. I didn't send you a tip or anything, but a couple of, a couple of uh, cell phone photos are there. Uh, I tweeted I tweeted uh, the story. Uh, it's on the MSHSL Facebook page with, with three photos, I think. It was good to see you. Good to see your son, Aiden. Good to see Courtney, your wife. I know all you guys. Um, talk about this clinic you had it in your hometown. It's pretty cool when a big shot hometown boy comes back to the farm and and does something like this. Kind of tell us how this came about because this is the first time you've done this in in your hometown, correct? Yeah, it's it's something I've always wanted to do to get back there and do a camp. And uh, like I told you before, Aaron Christensen, uh, who played football with me in high school, is one of my running backs. His son is now a quarterback now at RTR, and he would reached out to me a few months back and asked if I would be interested in doing one, and I've always wanted to do it, and it uh, kind of worked out. Coach Fredrickson thought it would be a great idea and, you know, obviously get a chance to get back on the new turf and get back to home and, and all the great support I've had, you know, over the years and, and growing up around Tyler. Um, it's just something I've always wanted to do, and, and you must have did a good good job in the article because I'm just just stopped on the way home from doing some quarterback training, and I've already gotten a bunch of text messages about the article. So you must have did a good job. <laughs> well, there you go. That's not work. I I think the first time you and I met was on the practice field at Buffalo High School when you were an assistant coach there, in in between NFL contract. Yeah, that was probably 2006, 2007, somewhere around there. Yeah, because if, if my memory is correct, that isn't usually, but it seems like I came out there to practice, talked to you, talked to some players, did a story for the Star Tribune. And then shortly after that, I think the Jaguars called and off you went again. And, and uh, yeah, you you you, uh, you knew how to travel. You, uh, from talking to Courtney, you guys knew how to pack and move. That's for sure. What was that? What was that life like? Because I think over over thirteen years, you played with I don't, six or seven teams. What What was that like with young kids and and just the lifestyle? Well, the, the first nine years, you know, six years. My first six years was in Minnesota, and then the next three was in New Orleans. So it was like basically like the last four years, right? I went from Jacksonville to Green Bay to Baltimore, and then back to Jacksonville a couple of times. So my my kids were older, not older, but they were old enough to understand and. My wife did such a good job of traveling with them and, and packing and moving and all that. So it was, you know, it was stressful times, but I was very blessed to do what I did for many years. And, uh, you know, like I, was, I said, I was very lucky to have a, a good partner that always took care of everything. And you, you come from a, a sporting, a farming, I guess, farming slash sporting background, because you also, for a time, were an assistant coach at Pipestone when one of your brothers was the head coach. And uh, and you've been the the head coach at Buffalo when your son Aiden was the quarterback there, and then uh, you resigned from that when he took off for Iowa State. Now he's, he's I, I, when we talked on the phone, I'm always confused. South Dakota, South Dakota State. He's now at South Dakota, right? Correct, South Dakota. Yep, in Vermilion. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, in Vermilion, and uh, yeah, he. I, it was good to catch up with Aiden at the clinic and Tyler and and your wife Courtney, who was a great uh, volleyball player at St. Cloud State. That's where you guys met when uh, you were a multi-sport athlete there. When when you were you know playing high school football and basketball, you went to state and track. I mean, you were kind of that quintessential small town kid. What kind of what kind of dreams did you have as an athlete? you know, as you're getting ready for college and did you imagine an NFL career, Todd? 
Uh, when I was really little, I think I dreamed of it just because my mom's cousin, Larry Cole, played for the Dallas Cowboys way back in the, the 60s and 70s and won a few Super Bowls. So he'd always come back to some family picnic, picnics and things like that. But I think throughout high school until my senior year when we got to be pretty good at football, um, we were really, really good in basketball. So I always thought, you know, basketball was going to be my route. And obviously I went to college to start playing basketball. But then I just missed playing football and ended up playing both. And I think after my second year in college is when, when you know, there was some mumblings about there might be a chance. And, you know, it's always a dream at that time. But you just work your tail off and, and hope things worked out. And uh, you know, I was very lucky that they did. Yeah, people, people, when I was down there at the clinic, some of the folks standing around were telling me about the legendary dunk you had at the state basketball tournament. I think I think against Staples Motley. Um and, but you you had great basketball teams in high school. Did you go to state three times and a couple of runner-up finishes? Is that yeah. correct? Yep. yep. We went uh, my ninth grade year, my sophomore year, and my junior year. And then my senior year, we got beat by uh, Jeff Norgard and, and Brian Prestall, the great team that they had in, in uh, um, Dawson Boyd. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it's funny because you talk, I was telling you about, I don't know if that was in the article, like my one of my greatest victories in my life was the, the section championship game when we beat Minneota when I was a senior. And I'll, I'll never forget, me and my brother still talk about this, Troy, because he was the point guard when I was a sophomore. Um, and we were 26-0 and when we got beat in the state championship by Rushford Peterson. Until this day, like, we, we can't watch that game. And every time I go to the state tournament, it's great memories, and I love it, but I still get that little pit in my stomach because, <laughs> because of losing that game. Oh, there's nothing like it. And, you know, I might, when I was a senior in high school down in Iowa, our football team got to the state championship game. We were undefeated lost a close game and it's the same thing when I if I like at the prep bowl here I always gravitate toward the team that just had their heart broken because here I am 63 years old you never forget that feeling and you feel for those kids which you know they're going to be okay but it sure hurts at the time right um yeah in fact that uh that section title football game against Minnesota that's how that's how the story begins the Todd Bauman story because I asked you about your favorite football memories and you went right to that game your senior year for the section championship and, and overtime to beat Minnesota, which you guys had, had hadn't been able to do. And, and nope. you told me about just the, the atmosphere at the games. You know, early in the day, people would back their pickups up behind the end zones to get their spot and watch the games. And, and you know, I'm, I'm from a small town. I know exactly what that's like. And I, I feel like people who've never lived in a small town you can't explain to them what small town life is like unless you've done it. And I feel real fortunate to, to have grown up that way. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh, 100%. I mean, just listening to you talk about, I got goosebumps in my arm, just picturing the, and you know, whose pickup was what, cause you know, like they wanted their <laughs> spots, you know, and, and they were always going to be there. And yeah, you just, you can never duplicate that. And like you said, you can talk to people about it, but unless you've experienced it, you don't know what it's like. That's it. I think while you were doing your clinic down there in Tyler, I was talking to Josh Fredrickson, who's the head coach at RTR. And, and I was telling people like to ask me, they, I think people sometimes assume I work for the high school league. I live in the cities. I'm a, I grew up here and I didn't, you know, I'm a small town kid. And I told Josh, I think I said, when I'm driving on a country road and I see a couple of grain elevators and a couple of church steeples, these are my people. There's nothing better than rolling into a small town like that. And yeah, I remember my grandpa and grandma on home football game days, the one of them would drive in from the farm, park their car or their pickup at the field 
So if it was a cold night, they could sit in there and watch and honk their horn when we scored. Yep. And then my mom would drive them back to the farm and then go get them later for the game and take them home, you know, about an eight mile trip out <laughs> in the country. And yeah, there's nothing better than that. I just, that's, I, you know, when I'm at a small town football game now, occasionally, you know, the home team does something great. You hear those horns hawk and it takes me oh, yeah. right back to the seventies when yes. I was playing football. It's just great. And, yeah. and I know you didn't get a chance to go inside the new school at RTR, but you know, the stadium's phenomenal. It's just so great. And we were talking about it, how, you know, grass is, is, is excellent, but with this for a school, with turf, you can use it all the time. And, and your AD down there was telling me that uh, there were days this spring when it was wet and cold, when the track team was out there, the baseball team and the softball team using the facility. And, and I think you told me the first time you ever played on turf, you were a sophomore in college playing at the Metrodome, right? Correct. Yep. The old Metrodome turf. Yeah. Before, before <laughs> the new turf. Yeah. It's, and I, I don't know if I told you, I was telling Josh down, I've got an unofficial list of high schools with turf in Minnesota and it's, it's past a hundred now, all in the last 21 years, I think. And, and by my calculations, RTR is the third smallest behind Mountain Iron Buell, which has this great facility up on the range. And then Lakeview in Cottonwood down in your neck of the woods mm -hmm. is the second smallest with turf. So did you ever think your hometown would have a turf football field ever? No. I, I mean, you just <laughs> never dream of something like that. And that goes back to the show of support that the communities have there of, of all the athletics and the schools and, and what they what what's important to them. And they know it's important to the kids. And I mean, it's just it's just amazing. And it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Well, I know you guys are going to be busy watching uh, watching Aiden play football here. He's got four years of eligibility left. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, the COVID year didn't count, and then last year he didn't didn't play, so uh, so he redshirted. So that's okay. You get a you get a fresh start at a new place. Now, here's the long term question for you: Are we going to see you back coaching high school football someday? I, you know, I, I, me and Coach Ortman just literally talked about this, just being on the turf together and coach and we had so much fun doing it i absolutely miss every single second of it just the interaction with the kids the friday nights it's just something i'll never get back so i would i would suspect at some point i'll be back on the sidelines there you go there you go that'll be great i'll, I'll be at the game i'll be at your first game back so <laughs> what's what's your life like now i know you do a whole bunch of clinics and camps you're involved with the vikings activities what's a what's the life of todd bauman like these days I'll let you know, I do uh, quarterback training at, at Game Face, which is uh, run through Lifetime down at Eden Prairie, our old Vikings practice facility in Winter Park. I do that Monday through Thursdays um, from the morning until like 5, 6 o'clock at night. I do some Vikings youth camps here and there and then, uh, you know, try to get 20, 30, 40 rounds of golf in during the summer and just try <laughs> to stay busy that way. Yeah, you guys, you were, I think well, the first time we talked on the phone before I was planning to come down to Tyler, you'd been out with your, with your brothers playing golf and you told me what you shot. And I just, that just makes me mad. Some people are good <laughs> athletes and I was never, I was never, I gave up golf about 15 years ago, too frustrating. And I never had enough time to play. So, and as, as I wrote in the story, you still, for a guy who's 49 years old, you are still in shape, my friend. Do you, do you work out a lot? Well, I'm just busy. You know, I'm busy here, busy there with the, the quarterback. Like the last two days of being indoors, I think I've gone through eight T-shirts of sweat and, uh, you know, just try to stay active and try and be outside. Well, and as cool as the as the Saturday morning clinic in Tyler was, you told me you want to expand and do more of those in that part of the state. That That's kind of what you're hoping for the future, right? 
Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping to expand it, you know, down the southwest corner of the state, down in the southern part, and hopefully do like three or four of them at least next year and just give give more kids opportunities. That's that's what I'm all about and just love being around the high school kids and just how much they want to get better. It's the, the best time of their life. Well, and I was thinking, and I think I told Josh this, that uh, these 20 or 25 kids, whoever were there, they paid 60 bucks for three hours. And holy mackerel, the instruction they got from you and Aiden and the other guys you had coaching there. I mean, this was this was hands-on. This was really, really important stuff. And it was, it was a passing game clinic. And talk about that. You said the goal was, you know, you want to teach kids high school kids who maybe don't get this kind of instruction on a regular basis and maybe whose teams don't throw the ball much. You're trying to raise the level for those kids, correct? Correct. I think it's, it's one of those things where these kids go to college camps and they're trying to get noticed and they're, you know, I mean, that's part of the process, like we know, and they go there with not the tools that maybe they need. And it's no disrespect to any of their coaches. It's just the systems that they run. They don't get those opportunities to, you know, so try and help the quarterbacks understand the footwork, how it times up with the receivers, how the receivers set up the routes, how to run the routes, how to, you know, just all the little simple things that maybe they don't get that, you know, like I told them that day when they got done, if you can pick out one or two things that you learned today and get better from it, you know, that's exactly what you need from a, from a camp like this. Yeah, and it was, I mean, you were videotaping things and showing immediate feedback, and and I think I told you, I'm watching you especially work with these quarterbacks. There were four quarterbacks there getting all this instruction from an NFL guy, and I, you know, pick anybody who's the best in their field. I think the one I used with you is I said, this is like Steve Jobs teaching somebody about computers just the, the 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 you break it down into such fine little important points and I'm, I'm sure these kids were their heads were spinning by the end of that with all they learned so well well done my friend well I appreciate it now it was, it was it was a pleasure of mine I was gr- glad to be back and just something I hope I can build on Jim you got any questions for Todd uh, Todd, one theme on this show is that we really encourage kids to uh, try to play multiple sports. We think it's good for them. We think it's good for their future. Uh, the age of specialization kind of drives us crazy. I'm guessing, if I remember correctly, you did play multiple sports. Yeah, yeah. in high school, I actually played football, basketball, and then we didn't have high school baseball, so I played. I did track during the during the spring. Um, played VFW and Legion baseball and you know what a lot of people probably don't know my dad put together a team when we were little and we ended up winning three national championships in fast pitch softball um, yep. so it was you know played pretty much anything and everything I, I encourage kids to do everything I the the day of specialization I get it um, but when kids are in fourth fifth grade how do you know what what they're going to be really good at by the time they're in ninth or tenth grade so I mean Play as much as you can, and, and all sports help you in other sports. So, get outside and play. That's that's all I can say. And Todd, you did go. You did go to state in track and field, correct? Yep, high jump and long jump. That's everybody's. Oh, what did you run? I said I didn't run. I did high jump, long <laughs> jump, and triple jump. That was the three things I did. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, now back then, did your school have a track? Nope, we didn't have a track. We just ran around the football field on the grass. Yep. Same in my little town in Iowa. We didn't have a track. We had a kid in my class who was a state champion in the, well, 110-yard hurdles back then. We didn't have a track. He'd go put yeah. a set three, four hurdles up on the street, and yeah. he was such a good athlete. You know, he was a state champ. Yeah, we didn't have a track. And that's the case, you know, not as many small towns as it used to be. But, uh, yeah, to go to state in track when you don't, your school does not have a track, that's pretty good. 
Yeah, we used to always, I remember we always take turns pulling the high jump pit out into the, out of the parking lot at the high school <laughs> and high jump on the, on the tower and then put it away when we were done. There you go. Yeah. You, you, I know you have great memories of those days and, and, uh, and you guys are still living up in Buffalo here, right? Yep. Yep. Just live outside of Buffalo on the middle of nowhere. I got a little, little space cause I grew up on the farm. So I need some space. I've run out of questions here, Jim. You got anything you want to add before we let Todd go? Just more advice for the kids. If you don't ever want to have the heartbreak of losing in a championship game, be a mediocre athlete like me. You'll never <laughs> lose the championship game. <laughs> oh, I was a mediocre athlete, Jim. It's funny. I'm watching Todd with all this, this great technical training. I was a lineman. You know, I, on offense, I played center. I snapped the ball and go butt heads with another big dumb kid. And, and you know, that was the technique. I threw the shot and the discus in high school. And we didn't have a coach who knew anything about that. I went to the library and found like the Encyclopedia Britannica and looked up shot put and discus. And there'd be some photos of what it looks like. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> you find, there's only one finely tuned athlete here on this conversation. Hey, you, the <laughs> offense alignment, I, I tell people this all the time. You can have the best quarterback. We receivers running backs in the world if you don't have an offensive line you're not going to be good period they they run the football team i i agree with that i agree with that even though it was 100 years ago back when i was an offense i'm still <laughs> offensive in many ways but uh i am a, i'm still a lineman at heart <laughs> i love it hey well todd i we really appreciate you joining the show uh, i would love to have you back sometime glad things are going well for you and and best luck with the summer and the season awesome guys i really appreciate you having me on Thanks again to Todd Bauman for joining us. We should thank Pizza Barn, John. Yeah, let's talk about the Pizza Barn, those food trucks. Boy, you you go to the Pizza Barn uh, food truck Facebook page. They are rocking and rolling every day of the week. Tons of private events. Uh, the second food truck is is going to be up pretty quick here. So if, you're, if you've got family reunions, uh, business-related events, it's a great time to book one of those food trucks. Um you just go to the pizzabarnprinceton.com. That's their webpage. Click on food truck. Click on booking. You'll uh, you send a note in, and Jody Stay, who runs the show there with her great crew, she'll get back to you. And of course, the non-wheeled pizza barn right there in downtown Princeton has a great big menu with everything you want for lunch, dinner, in-person dining, take and bake delivery. They cater. It's a family-owned business going on 40 years here. A fantastic asset for the community of Princeton and well beyond. So our great thanks to Jody Stay and her crew at the Pizza Barn for being a longtime sponsor of our podcast. Thanks also to Propane, sponsoring a number of programs across the Talk North platform. If you'd like to advertise with TalkNorth.com, as we continue to grow and add new shows, including Dave Lee and uh, Boyce Olson, The Pross Box with Nate Prosser, our outdoor shows, you can reach Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. Uh, let's get a final thought from John. And, and once again, John, thanks for bringing Todd Bauman on our show. No, you bet, Jim. It was great. When I, I saw a tweet from Todd weeks ago about this clinic in his hometown, and I immediately texted him, or yeah, I think I texted him and said, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of coming down there. I'd like to do a summer football story, and couldn't have been more fun. You know, his wife, Courtney, as, as I said, was a great softball player. She's from Wilmer. She's in the Wilmer High School Hall of Fame at a great, or not softball, volleyball career at St. Cloud State. Caught up with her. Hadn't seen her in a few years. Their son, Aiden. Uh, was helping with the clinic, and uh, he was a tremendous high school quarterback at Buffalo, now at the University of South Dakota. So, you know, it's those relationships. I say that all the time about my job. 
It's these people you get to know. I met Todd on the football practice field at Buffalo High School and whatever year that was, 2006 or whatever he said, I don't know for sure, and, and kind of stayed in touch. And then when he became the head coach at Buffalo, uh, went to a couple games up there at their fabulous stadium. And yeah, it's those relationships. It's just those friends you make along the way. And and uh, it's just, it's it's a pure joy. And technically I'm on vacation here for a little bit, but boy, um it's so much fun to to think about it. We're less than a month away from the start of practice for fall sports. We mm-hmm. are Monday of this week was exactly a month, so I'm trying to burn some vacation days and and uh, make take some trips here, a few short trips, and see some people and have some fun and maybe visit with my grandkids and uh, and before long we'll be back at it. So yeah, it's summer. We, we've said it before. Summer goes fast here, especially with high school sports. No doubt. Hey, thanks to John for always putting so much into this show. Thanks to Todd Bauman for joining us. Thanks to Brianne Burdett, our fabulous producer. And uh, thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it.